can't believe it's actually the end of August. I know you're not supposed to mention dates and times because people listen to these things in all kinds of different orders, but I'm, <laughs> I can't believe in a few days it's going to be springtime, which is awesome for us down here in the southern hemisphere. But I know in the northern, it means you lot are just about to start getting the cold. Um, crazy. I don't know. Every year just seems to go faster, whether that's just because the snippets of time reduce, but um, it's been quite a full-on winter for me. Normally I like to just hibernate, get out the red wine, put my uh, slippers on, jump on the couch, pull up the duvet and hibernate. Uh, but I chose that time to launch a new business. So I've been out and about and talking with lots of different people. It's been pretty cool. Uh, Starting a new thing, I've been able to sort of sift around all the local cafes and restaurants. And one day I was sitting in Field Black here in Northcote when uh, Rebecca, our guest today, came in to get a coffee. Uh, The barista said, like, you guys need to meet um, amazing woman, meet amazing woman, and that was very kind. Uh, And we ended up sitting and chatting for ages to the point where I said, Rebecca, I think you should come and do this with a microphone (laughs) in your face at my house. I know you don't know me. This is a very normal conversation. Um, And she said yes, and so you get to listen to our chat, and I hope you really enjoy it. Uh, if you're wanting to see what I'm up to and what's going on with the Hoi Hoi, our Instagram is at Oi Ahoy Hoi, O-I-A-H-O-Y-H-O-Y. Our website's ahoyhoy.co.com.au. We're also um, going to wrap up the force of nature into a Hoi Hoi. So we're doing a lot more podcasts to do with our new business and um, to do with Um, being the change we want to see in the world and it's all very exciting so sit back relax cup of tea and I hope you enjoy good morning Rebecca good morning (laughs) Rebecca you made it to my house I did very close very convenient thank you you drove I did drive because I have to continue on that's my excuse we have to continue on so we have to bring our cars that's correct yes do you sorry I have to drink because I, I I went out with Gemma who I did the last podcast with last time and she made me drink nearly a whole bottle of wine last night so that's so, mm. ex- that explains the husky voice I'm husky and I and I just tried to make this go without plugging in the power cord so you're sitting here thinking who, <laughs> who am I sitting across from and does she know what she's doing uh well uh, to, to be fair I am actually really quite good at drinking wine uh it is part of my day-to-day uh, and what, what time do you allow yourself for the first glass? Uh, I'd like to wait until the kids are a bit in bed. Oh my god, that's so restrained. I, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but then I can uh, I can supercharge after that, and mm. uh, husband and I can pretty much uh, finish off a bottle of wine within the first two hours after the children have gone to bed, where he has one glass. Oh, he gets one. He no. <laughs> I think scrap, fair. scrap. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit some of that, out, <laughs> but not all of it. No, I I literally wait for the clock to tick five. Oh, five o'clock. And I have one, yeah. and then I have, I might have a little bit more, but often not. Yeah. Stu will always laugh at me because he'll see me go for a second. He's like, "You're never going to drink it," and I and I don't. It's normally just when I'm out with the girls talking with my hands and getting far too excited. And I think when you're a mum too, you're constantly like, "This is going to end soon," because I have to go to bed, and then you're just like. Oh. Yes, oh, no, it's it is. It is part of circadian rhythm for me now. Oh, actually, right, it's entrenched, and I think I do have a. I've got a four o'clock kind of trigger on on the weekend. Mm. So at four o'clock, it's like, 
oh, a glass of wine might be nice. And then on the weekdays, it's five o'clock, but I'm in the office still. Then. Oh, you're still working. I'm still working. We're going to talk a bit about this. We met only a few weeks ago, and this is the second time we've hung out, but the first convo was just fabulous, wasn't it? It was like we knew each other for ages. A long time. Yeah. So when I find people like that, I tend to cling, mm. and then I go, come be on my podcast, and it cracks people up. And you said yes. Yes, please. Thank you. Now, I'm so excited because I've been uh, talking with lots of people from my kind of biz industry, and you, you do something quite fabulous, but not in the technical digital world, which is... You know why I'm very excited to talk to you today because I'm going to learn something. Um, but before we go into all of that, do you tell us a little bit about what Rebecca was like at school? Oh, um, I was a bit of a good girl, but probably um, not always just the good girl, but also maybe a bit of a naughty girl as mm. well. Um, so I have. Um, what do they call it when people smoke? Closet smoker? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the no. Se- the sneaky smoker? Sneaky I'm not smoker? Sure we could go there. Yeah. I was like that with naughtiness. Ah. So I, I would be naughty when no one was looking. Right. Yeah. So you weren't discovered? I, well, I wasn't always discovered. Uh, occasionally I was caught out. But uh, at school, definitely studious and yes. I really enjoyed I enjoy doing well I yes. like I enjoy you working getting hard that a. I did yeah. I did want the A mm-hmm. and uh, I would sometimes my teachers I, d- I didn't know if it was a compliment or not and when I think about this it may have not been but I had one teacher my a math teacher who would say okay Rebecca do you get it and if I didn't he would repeat it for the whole class and if I did get it then he just assumed everyone would get it too. So I don't know if he was using me as a benchmark or he just cared whether or not I got it or not. Let's go with the second one because the first one sort of like, <laughs> are you the middle of the bell curve? Like, yeah. oh God, not when I'm trying to like get performance goals. Like, I don't know. I used to um, spend far too much time talking to them about their lives and I would I would become friends with my teachers, which would piss everyone off. Yeah. It was pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I in, was in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty friendly with my yeah. music teachers. Yeah, same. Oh, what do you play? I we was don't piano. even know. Oh, you look insane. Yeah. There it is. There it is. And guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So that Oh so my that's god, you're like my sister from the other side of the straight. This is um yeah, because you're born and bred Aussie yep. chick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I find I was actually not bad at maths either, mm. and I find a lot of uh, people with strong math skills are also very good at music. There's something there. It is. There is definitely something there. Yeah. And I I was terrible. I wasn't terrible. I've talked about this before, but I didn't. I did, I wasn't drawn to the art room. I wonder if you were. Oh, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which, which leads on to yeah. the rest of yeah. my life. Uh, before <laughs> we go there, which we will. Um, did you were you seen? Did you have a close group of friends growing up? Like, or did you, yeah, did you have lots of friends or a few close ones? I had. Um, I would uh, move through groups. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever like think that I was just with one group. Like, I would have like a bestie. Yeah. For example, but then I'd be friendly for with everyone else, and mm-hmm. so I could hang out with, let's say, the more studious. Let's not say nerd. No, the no. The studious students well, and have fun. Well, the earth now, so yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. The sporties. The sporties. Yeah. Uh, the. Art nerds. Surfies. Yep. Yeah. Because I grew up in the surf. Yeah, we didn't have. Where Where did you grow up? Phillip Island. Oh, gosh. With the penguins. Mm. 
I haven't seen them yet, but I will do that with Monica. Um, so you high school right through till there? Yeah. Okay. And then you had to make a decision about to go and study. I did. And tell us what you decided to study. So I studied architecture. Mm. Now, I hang out with a lot of designers mm. from like a, um, a user experience, service design, uh, strategic design. So I'm really excited to talk to you about, you know, the actual physical design and what attracted you in there. So h- how did you – is there um, architects in your family or – No architects no. in the family. My, my first exposure to architecture was when I was in primary school mm. and oh. the um, our, our neighbour's son was an architect and he drew a um, – he drafted a boat by hand for his dad for his birthday what? and it was just beautiful. Ugh. It was beautiful and I was like, I just want to do that. Just draw boats. I just make them. <laughs> Actually, my cousin builds boats. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful it's, craft as well. It is, isn't it? But yeah, I you need a lot of room though. Yeah. Mel Parkin, if you're listening, I'm thinking of you. So her her family are big boat people. Really, and there's, a, there's stories, um, legendary stories of boats being moved from house to house and sections and things, and yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, gorgeous. Mm. So so that was your first sort of. This is something I like would like to the emotion and the feel of this is is not as good yeah it feels like a bit like me yeah mm. that's interesting I, I didn't i didn't think about it, the emotion part but it it, it is a memory mm-hmm. that is really strong mm. and then um my parents were trying to renovate build a new house yeah. forever <laughs> Because there are there are those that are constantly in a state of reno. Yeah, yeah, and when they finish, they then go and do the next one. That's oh no, we never yeah. started. Oh, just planning. It was just planning <laughs> until we moved to Phillip Island. Yeah, yeah. So the, I grew up in a dairy farm. Oh my gosh, in Gipps in Gippsland. Wow. And so I went to a primary school with twenty eight children across all the years. Yeah, amazing. So can you imagine why I had to be kind of good because yeah. it was pretty obvious. Yeah, there's only twenty eight of you, yeah. and actually you're all different ages. Oh my God, was there heaps of siblings as well? Like families on families? Yeah. Yes. All on the same. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The school consisted of like six families. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're living like smack in the, like that's a different, yeah, different world. It is. But how fun is that to have had that? You wouldn't have known back then because you wouldn't have known anything different. But that experience. So many people are now longing for it. I just spoke to someone, um, my mate Andrew Ritchie, if you're listening. He just told me he's off, off to the... Um, off to the farm after he wants to raise his kids out there and off he goes, yeah. Well, we're doing that too. Yeah, yes, we'll get into that. But we'll go back to architecture. Yeah. So next door neighbour's son started doing some amazing boat drawings and you were like, hmm. And did you did you know through high school that's what you wanted to do? Did I you feel a bit of a calling towards it? I had this a strong big word, isn't it? But Yeah, there were two things. Mm. There, well, there was that I could see that I could do math and yes. – I felt comfortable with that and I really enjoyed art and graphics mm. and I thought, well, architecture would be a, a really good combination, mm. but I also want to be a hairdresser. Oh my God, amazing. You, uh, what a slashy. <laughs> a, a, a hairdressing <laughs> slash. You come in for a chat about your hair and your house. It's incredible. You could still do that. I wow. Slashies. That's I, amazing. <laughs> I, um, I actually tried it. I tried the hairdressing thing. I oh, did you? Yeah, I did. I, I got into architecture and... So this, so here's a, here's a naughty story. Yeah, I really wanted to do architecture, but um, there were three schools that I could go to. Mm-hmm. One was in Geelong, and then we had two in Melbourne. And I of course applied because 
a guy that I had a crush on. Yeah, that's a sound reason to pick a school. Yeah, was mm. going to RMIT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just applied to RMIT. Mm. And I fluked it. Yeah, no, nah, I bet you didn't. Well. What, no, for hairdressing or for architecture? This is for architecture. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I chose my university degree because location, because of the crush. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Totally. Yeah. It, I did this course once at um, the School of Life and they were like, write down all the reasons why you made your decisions, like what was, you know, and I realised most of them were all emotional and hardly any of them have been by design. <laughs> like what? in a rational way. What's this School of Life? Oh, well, down in uh, Collins Street, or is it Burke? At the bottom of Burke Street, there's um, a philosophy uh, cohort and they basically put on lots of seminars and things about... How do you make decisions? What does love really look like? How do you be alone? Like it's sort of modern philosophy um, to help you become a more rounded, thought-provoking human. I enjoy a lot of their stuff. I love this. Yeah, well, we should go. This They're is doing something lots I'd of love. cool things. I'll put some links up on the site. But yeah, it's um, it just helps you explore things in a really accessible way. It's not too heavy, mm. but it makes you think about why you've how you, what it is to be human, I mm. suppose. Mm. Um, so we went to so, – so hang on. So you got to RMIT, you got in, and you think of fluke, but whatevs. And then what, what was the ratio of women to men in architecture? The, the ratio is pretty good. It yeah. is, it is cool. it's quite 50-50 in, oh. in university. And, awesome. and the, the stats are that there's actually, you know, probably more women graduating Ooh. than there are men. Yeah. And then after a few years of post-graduation – we see um, just as many women registering as uh, architects, cool. practicing architects, and then we see a huge drop off. Mm, I, I, yeah, I can imagine why, but we'll talk about that too. Oh, juicy! But hairdressing, <laughs> what happened? Tell me more. All right, okay. So we did. Uh, I did one year of yeah. architecture, so it's a five-year degree. Yeah, it's massive. And that was a uh, that was a bachelor of architecture, and now they split it up. So you do a bachelor of design or architectural oh. design, then you do a masters. And um, but it was five years, and I did one year, and I was useless oh. and failed half of it. Oh. And it was it, like I was seventeen. It was yeah. a big jump coming from Phillip Island <laughs> oh to, my Melbourne God, and, to Melbourne, <gasps> and and yes. um, yeah, and lots, of, lots of distractions. <laughs> There's lots of bars and distractions and you were 17. You probably looked older and could get in everywhere and yeah. 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 All those things. All of those things. Yeah. So uh, I decided to take a year off. Cool. And I applied for a hairdressing apprenticeship. Amazing. And I got one and I lasted two days. Yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. So... The I, you know, I wonder if you loved the idea of talking to people and doing the hair. Oh, yeah. no, tell me. Yeah, what was it after uh, two days? Uh, yeah, as at the bottom, mm. on the bottom rung mm. is pretty hard in a yeah. hairdressing salon. Yeah. And I it was, was it was sweeping hair, but I was also, the way that I was being treated no, was so no, awful. awful. And um, it's almost like there was a rite of passage or something that I had to be treated being hazed, mean. Being hazed into the hairdressing. Mm. And, and I felt like I was being set up for a fail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't feel psychologically safe. No, in I didn't. Environment. I didn't mm. at all. So I gave that a flick and then I applied to um, – I thought, oh, well, I'm going to go back to uni because clearly – I enjoyed that more than I was enjoying well, these two through. days of yeah. hairdressing. Okay. And I uh, did a season at Mount Hotham just to get me through <laughs> the year that I deferred. And that was that was amazing. Yeah. That How was good. Yeah, it was the, 
one of the happiest times of my life. Yeah, and are, were you teaching or just on the in the bar in the bar working behind the bar? Fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Eleven years of hospitality. Far out. Yeah. While you were studying and yeah. doing all that, yeah, pulling the drink. Yeah, you, I can see that. Yeah. See, when people ask me what my favourite job was, it was when I was working the video store. Because oh. I got to talk about movies all day and help people choose them and got all the, video, the videos for free. And before they came out, which but now it just sounds like crazy statements given how we download and watch films. But back then, it was amazing. Well, you could still do, do, you do, you could do reviews and things like that. I know. I was actually. I actually think that sure. My husband and I should do a he said she said type thing because he's intense about his film watching. I can actually. Can think you see? I can, I can, I've got the vibe. Yeah, I've got it, the vibe of the, intensity. Is it the um, huge Darth Vader and Spider Man statues in our home and various other? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's yeah. full on. He can actually describe the entire. Marvel Universe, if you're interested. I could see that these were a little bit more adult than children's toys. Yeah, try toys. telling Nico. No. <laughs> now she's two and a half. She's like, Woody? I'm like, not for you, darling. And that's ridiculous, isn't it? But no, that's daddy's Woody. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're pulling drinks. We're having a blast. It's awesome. And then you're like, I could actually go back to uni now. Yeah, it's time. How important? Because I reckon I did a year off and actually – I studied music, um, contemporary music, and I um, went to Nelson, which was a little seaside town, which is beautiful in New Zealand, and I worked at the video store, and that, I think, was a really happy time, too, um, but that, then I knew I had to go and do something. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it was good, uh, but it made me realise that I probably didn't have the calling and that real passion to do music full-time yeah sure yeah mm. oh well you need it you need to be fiercely in love with it yes and all you can think about because it's punishing yeah. yeah and I think I think that that's when I did return to uni yeah that it just seemed like everything started clicking nice. and I started going I, I get the system I'm starting to How understand the system awesome though that you didn't take that failure and go oh I could never go back mm-hmm because I, I, I honestly, that's that mindset stuff I talk about a lot where people with a fixed mindset, like, oh, I failed at that. And also people who are quite intelligent suffer from this a lot where we end up, and I've had to work on this a lot, when you're told, oh, you're quite good at things, and then when you're not good at something, you flag it instantly instead mm-hmm. of working on how to do better. So you went back. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, Did you do that all on your own? He'd, like, who was advising you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think at that at that point, it actually probably w- was me, mm. and and I think um, it's a good question because I think it's triggered that there have been a lot of life th- things, decisions that I have made that have been very, very um, led by someone else, mm. and. It's probably later on in my career that it's very obvious that, you know, all these opportunities have come up at what I haven't realised. Of, of, oh, this looked amazing opportunity, but I'm actually being groomed into that position yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Then, and then suddenly I'm on the bus yeah. and the bus is going, going and I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. I've been too busy to really think about the consequences of this bus trip. Yeah. So you started – so you – We'll fast forward a little bit because you um, told me when we met that you were basically working for 
Well, tell, tell me about after graduation or however you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I worked I worked for architects mm. through my degree mm. and I graduated thinking um, this is going to be pretty easy to get a job. Mm. I'd studied overseas. Mm. I'd, I'd worked at – I'd studied at MIT. I'd, I'd had some wow. really great experiences and then – couldn't get a job. Wow. And so I was on New Start or whatever the wow. equivalent was yeah. and they were putting me into a oh program God. to mm. help improve. It was going to be a full-time job going to this like training, six weeks of training to improve my um, ability to be able to procure to a new To be position. employable. Yeah, to be employable. I'm going to get so a six-week course on how to be employable. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, oh. I mentioned it to... A friend, and they went, yeah. So the first session is personal hygiene, and oh, I went, shit. I need, I need out, <laughs> I need, I need to get out. So, I, I called. Um, it, it, it was actually incredible um, wow. coincidence that a friend of mine who was working for an architect, mm. Bruce, um, they were looking to someone. Oh, cool! Yeah. And within that week, oh, thank God, I was there begging him for a yeah, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he, he said that he was, he'd like to take me on, but it wasn't for a few weeks and I was absolutely fine with, with that. Yeah. But, um, of course, Centrelink wanted me to have a job oh. right then and there. Oh. So, he, oh, I negotiated two days a week with him. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and just And that got to, you out of having yeah. to go and learn how to wash your hair. Yeah, yeah. Which, I hope... <laughs> <laughs> You smell great. Thank bit, you very d- much. A bit deep heaty, <laughs> a but bit that's because you've been to get your back sorted. But no, your hygiene's fine. Thanks. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I think that's a really important thing for some people, clearly. But, you know, you, you've got a, a five-year degree in architecture and digging the scent. Yeah, amazing. Okay. So, Bruce. Bruce Allen mm. is um, – so, shout out to Bruce. Bruce. Bruce has been absolutely pivotal mm. in my career. Mm. Uh, he took me on when I said I'd been working for other architects. Really, I'd been sitting there drawing pretty pictures mm. and doing renders and things like that mm-hmm. for them. When I worked with Bruce, he threw me in, mm. and um, I I loved it. Mm. Like it was one of those. Mm. Like I think of the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt the same. Yeah, the flow. This was great, yeah. and uh, he just he gave me a project and mm. just said, "Do it." Amazing. Oh, my God. So, what you got there was autonomy. Mm-hmm. So, he let you actually go. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in a state of flow. So, that's, that's sort of between play and pressure where you get this beautiful um, sense of I'm just in the zone and I can do this and I'm supported. And So, if you think about the hairdressing mm-hmm. where you felt uh, scrutinised, pressured, hazed versus someone, I got your back but off you go. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, mm. it was. And, and I, I probably didn't appreciate it. As much well, at the well, time? You didn't not, I mean, I had – because this is how we got talking was because I also had a mentor, Derek, very much the same, in a small cons- management consultancy firm, and he just threw me in. And if I'd gone – I really do believe this. If I'd gone to one of the bigger firms, I would have just ended up um, doing PowerPoint slides for yeah. not allowed to talk to the client. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember um, – this has actually become topical in our office recently. Mm. I don't know what it is, but small practice has – the ability to train to train mm. young architects, mm. and then they get headhunted. Yeah, right. And after a few months of working with Bruce, I yep. get a call from one of the big oh, 
Design, design firms, like, mm. and I've got the fingers going, design firms mm. who win all of the awards and everything mm. saying, Rebecca, we, we want you to join our team. Wow. And was that off the back of the project that you had been? No, this was, word gets around. Word gets word out. Word gets out. And, uh, like, I did quite well at uni. This is the thing. I had such a chip on my shoulder probably because I did well at uni and I thought, why aren't I getting a job? Well, and then suddenly I'm working in a small three-person team mm. doing really at-the-coalface kind of mm. um, small practice work mm. and, uh, yeah. So, was your expectations when you were at uni after getting the marks you got that you would be picked up by a big firm quite quickly and off you yeah. go? Yeah, 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 big, yeah. Design big design firm off yeah. to Europe Yeah, yeah, working long hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Bruce. this was this was totally yeah. the opposite. Yeah, but look what yeah look what a gift it was. Okay, so um, how long were you with Bruce for in the team? Um, we I started with Bruce in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and I was working with him say for two and a half years, mm. and in that time I, I took a few months off and went travelling and um, went to India for a little while Amazing. and um, it, he was terrific in being able to support me mm. and being able to Explore. do all of these other things. Mm. And then in 2008 he just suggested that we become partners. Oh, wow. Cool. And so Bruce is um, – he's a more senior architect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he um, has just – Finished forty something years wow. of. Uh, I think he must be heading to fifty years of teaching. Yeah. So wow. a significant amount of time. Yeah. Um. So it was an unusual pairing, but it also there was a lot of strategy behind mm. it, in that he wanted to probably take a little bit more time off and mm. spend it with his grandchildren, mm. whereas I was coming to a period. In time in my life where maybe family might have mm. come up mm-hmm. so we were mm-hmm. going to be able to support each other yeah through life stages those. through yeah. wanting to not work crazy hours and give up the balance of being spending time with the family yeah, yeah. cool and I think I think Bruce has also um taught me about that concept of benchmarking for best practice mm. and work-life balance is at the forefront of that wow cool. and so so you actually saw it being done yeah i did yeah I, i'm noticing uh other firms who run like a partner practice that people get to a certain level of seniority and then they get tapped you know the old traditional tapped on the shoulder for partner yeah and they're actually just saying no because yeah. no one wants to work like that anymore no i know that no one no because i oh, look no one's sane no i no know one who values their health or their mental well-being wants to work like that no yeah I think, um, yeah, that uh, I was speaking to a, uh, a client mm. and, and she was we, she was discussing this and in her firm, um, she's not an architect because yeah. clearly she wouldn't need yeah. me if she were an architect. <laughs> I don't know, do architects architect their own homes? Is that like... Actually, that we, we've done a few projects for yeah. architects yeah. before. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But yeah. I won't distract you. No, no. Yeah. Uh, she's just going back to work after maternity leave mm. and she said, oh, look, you know, the, the reality is if I, I could get into being a partner mm. and if I'm at the top, we're talking $3 million a year. And I was like... Just work for one year. Yeah, <laughs> just do it for one. One year. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. And then I thought, no, nah, it's not even worth it. No. You just age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, um, it's it's what you give up. You know, you end up. Well, you know, it all depends on everyone's circumstances and what they want to do. But that three mil comes at a ma- like. There's some pretty 
big calls you have to do to yeah. get that three mil. Yeah. They just give it to you. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you have a family. I do. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a husband. Yes. Uh, his name is Andrew. He's very calm and yep. caring and, and uh, a lovely, lovely, amazing human. person. You've got an amazing human. I do. Yep. I do. And um, he's also super, super amazing because he sacrificed his uh, position to look after our children. Yeah. Uh, we have Francis, who is four, turning five for school next year. Oh, wow. And Hazel, who is two and a half. Oh, Going on 13. So Hazel and Nico are the same age. Yeah. What a time. I know. It took me 40 minutes to get her dressed this morning. 40. (laughs) Just devastation over sock choice, uh, hair, everything. Uh, And then full ground tanty. Yeah, incredible. I have have seen all of that. And that that could be any day for me. Yeah. This morning, my bribery skills were very strong. Yeah, even the marshmallow wouldn't get her moving (laughs) today. That's cool. I was like, you know what? There's no point trying to... I'll just tidy up around you until you're ready to go. But thank God I don't have a job where I need to be somewhere on time at the moment. Yeah. Should have had a look. Um, so they're the same age. And so um, Andrew, your hubby, is at home. Great. Yes. And yeah. how's he found that? Uh, I think he I think he finds it hard. Mm. It, it is difficult, but also I think he also really, really loves it. Mm. And he and it isn't he thinks it's it's a privilege. Oh, I love a that. A total privilege. Mm. Um, he really wasn't in he's not really a worky kind of no, he's, he's not an office he person. No, 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 definitely not. Life driven. No. Yeah. And he's but he's an amazing people person. Yeah, rad. Yeah. Um and he did study education. So he's got yeah. like Oh my god, do you know what Stu studied? Education. No. Are we seriously just this is spooky. I know. Yeah, Stu was a um high school teacher. Um, really? Yeah. Before he um, he's going to kill me for talking about him so much because <laughs> I normally don't. Um, but yeah, now he runs a um, Inspire group which do uh, blended learning. So he's taken that and created a whole amazing thing out of it. Yeah, he's very clever. But um, yeah, funny. Both education. There you go. So yeah. he's yeah. And you guys um, are thinking about moving back into the back into the farm life. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I do feel like there's part of me that's on Phillip Island yeah. and I've come to a point now that um, with the kids, mm. there's just so much there for them mm. and something really unique. Like I've always felt like I've had, there's something special about me, mm. but, you know, country kids, yeah. it's a, I don't know what it I is. Know, I know, what you, I was really fortunate that my grandparents had um, a farm out just out of Auckland where we grew up and also my whole family, lots of my uncles and aunties had land with animals and yeah. we got that experience and I mean I try and take Neeks up to Bondura and all the f- into the Collingwood farm a lot so yeah. that she can, it's not the same. No, oh. so I get it. I just, uh, I, I look, I, I was saying to Andrew on my way, just before I left to come here, is that I really, um, I, I'm not sure if it's going to work out, mm. but I feel sad when I leave mm. now mm. and I don't know whether or not it's, it's because my parents are there mm. and that I miss them. Mm. Um, because and the kids as well and yeah, yeah. more ex- yeah, yeah. I mean, parents contribute so much mm. when you've got children mm. and they can and... Mm. Um, my, my sister lives quite 
far away mm. a lot of the time mm. and I she feels like there's a big gap mm. and I it's interesting us discussing how um, you can, f- you know, feel, feel it. it. Yeah. yeah. I've been talking to people about the no-brainer, you know, when you just decide to do something because it's a no-brainer. Yeah, so sure. where did that saying come from? So it's, it's when you feel the right answer instead of using your head. Yeah. And for people who spend a lot of time in their head, mm. it's very nerve-wracking to trust your gut rather than to trust the, the rational brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I started a hoi hoi, I was like, I just have to do it. Yes. Like it's actually not a choice anymore. I just have to do it. Yes. So you founded your own firm. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah. So, well, Bruce and I, we had our, we had our business for um, four and a half years yeah. or something. And then I just, I just felt like I wanted to take control of all, all of it. Yeah. And not in a control kind of, I want to be completely in control of everything mm. control what do you well, I can't think of the word what's it's it like called? an artistic direction type thing or is it more like you just I did want more, more control yeah. over the design yeah. process yeah. I, I felt like that was probably Bruce's strength so, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'd probably let myself go a little bit yeah. in that area yeah and I was doing a lot more of the technical administration kind of side mm. uh and which is really less pleasant side yeah. Yeah. of architecture okay. yeah and I wanted to be more um design oriented Focused, yeah and so yeah um so in your practice now do you sort of lead the design a lot more and yeah. you have someone else doing the technical that is it how you split yeah i still have to do a lot of everything yeah sure um control freak that was the yeah. word that oh, i was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a control freak yes yeah yeah okay yeah. Would that be how your team describe you? Uh, no. Well, I'm trying not to be. Yeah. Of course they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better bloody not. I've told them not to. Um, I would class that as an aware, yeah, hyper-aware control freak. At least you're aware of it. Oh, I'm, a, I'm aware of... I'm aware of um, how much of control I want, but I'm also I'm very conscious that I don't know if my team realised how much I want to give up that control. Yeah, right. Come and take it. Please. Yeah, yeah. Please take some mm. of the control mm. and... Um, and show me. Take it. Go. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how big's the team? Uh, we have four of us in the office cool. at the moment and a, a part-timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, how many... I have no idea how this all works. My father's a quantity surveyor, so I feel like I should, I should know a little bit of one part of the process, but... Um, how how does take me through a typical how does it work? Someone comes to you and says hello. Yeah, they do. They usually say hi. Um, sometimes <laughs> they say um, <laughs> I, I, I want to knock down rebuild. How much will it cost me? Oh, awesome. and I'll go. Okay, well, I probably need a little bit more information oh God, than they that. Don't. They it's do. <laughs> But like, do they show you a picture, or they just say that? That's they, that's, that's it. It's just, <laughs> and it's all by, via email. I used to have, I used to have a. Um, if you if you contact me via email, I can't be bothered. Yeah, like I've got a real pick up the phone mentality, yeah. and that's that's a Bruce. Thing. Oh, he showed you, yeah. Because yeah. Georgie, my um, old boss, she taught me that too. So she was always on the phone. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah we used to analyze her numbers. Like it was just. Lots and lots of phone calls. Yeah. 
Yeah, phone is the way. Mm. I want to get to the bottom of the problem mm. all the time. I want to. Mm. I want to. I can't have drips and drabs. So, mm. all right. So some people are like that, and I'll say, well, you know, I'd probably need to know a little bit more about mm. the complexity of your project before <laughs> providing a fee proposal. <laughs> and do I'd like to meet you. Or do you live in a little hut? Like yes. Quite varying scales here. Yes, and you'd like to meet because yeah. Yes. A fit is important. Fit is really important because we are working with our um, clients for sometimes years, mm. and it, it's. It's such a long process mm. and if you don't like each other... Or trust each other, I suspect, is very yeah, important. Yeah, trust is also mm. it's difficult. But uh, let's say in a perfect world, <laughs> a client will contact me and um, I'll send them a, a questionnaire so oh, that cool. I can yep. you know, ascertain whether or not Some it's something that we can mm. work on together mm-hmm. because, hey, good news, we're really busy. Mm. Work is, um, work is um, busy. In. Um, and it doesn't mean that I want to be picky, but it means that... You've got choice. Well, I do have choice and I want to offer the best customer service and Lovely. outcome. And the best way to do that is by having like a really strong brief mm. from the start. Mm. Uh, so we have clients that really aren't sure how much things are going to cost mm. and so we guide them through that process. Mm. Um, so we have a conception to completion mm-hmm. mentality to work. Mm-hmm. I think that delivers the best outcome Mm -hmm. so we work with our clients we've got a really collaborative kind of attitude to how we design Mm. Uh, so we work with um, it's not my home let's say it's a residential project Mm. because we do some commercial too but Mm. let's say resi it's not my home Mm. and so I don't necessarily apply the same principles as I would to my own home to someone else's home. Right, you need to understand what they yeah their needs and wants and yeah yeah. and everyone is so different yeah I can imagine it is incredible, mm. yeah. But we've got a we've got a really um, kind of um, strong list now of questions that we ask people. Sometimes a little bit intimate yep. about what they need out of a project, yeah. And it's sometimes a bit shocking for clients to hear how much we need to know. Yeah. Um, Can you give me an example of what surprises them with your questions? Uh, I'd like to know things like what kind of cuisine they like to cook. Yeah, amazing. Because then that gives me, you know, are you big cooks? Do you Uber Eats it? Or yeah. are you... Um, so that will give you an insight into what sort of kitchen... Yeah. Yeah. Storage. Um, yeah. Okay, so you love doing Asian cooking, so mm. you probably need a really good exhaust fan. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lots of smelly foods you're probably going to need. Yeah, cool. If you're a baker, it'll be different. Yes. So I'm not a baker. We're more the... Fragrant food, I suspect. Oh, I have the most amazing kitchen going in at the moment. Mm. It is amazing. We have sous vide machines. (gasps) We have one side of the kitchen. This is a person who's been on MasterChef. (laughs) Is is there an ice cream maker? (laughs) All last season of MasterChef, all I saw them do was bloody make ice cream. Every (laughs) every single dish was it ice cream. I was like, is it ice cream chef now? I had an ice cream on an oyster. Yum. Was it good? It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah so ice cream anyway. in. So the sous vide, yeah. We're sous vide. So one like, side. Like gas, gas, what are they called? Those gas blowers, just to torches to re- – anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, yes. but all of that is in – all of that is included. And <laughs> so one side, the back bench, we'll call it, mm. is all stainless steel. You walk in and it looks like an actual chef's kitchen. And then the island bench side, mm. which has the view out into the courtyard and everything mm. with steel windows – is a marble top for tempering chocolate oh and and baking and oh, you know who rolling are up these pastry. People? Amazing entertainers. They're entertainers. Must be entertainers. Yeah, it's 
It, it, and it has been such a beautiful experience working on this project because it is not just a beautiful um, client, mm. um, but the brief is just so detailed yeah. that I f- the, they've that enjoyed creating it with you. Yeah, they're, absolutely. They're creators with you. Yeah, yeah. amazing. I bet you if I spoke to them, they would had a ball as well. Yeah, and and yeah. it's a bit stressful too. Of course. Yeah, because you've got to get it right now because yeah. we're building it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, do you? So, once you've done the design work, um, and then do you have trusted builders that you then recommend, or how does that usually work? We, um, I. We have a group of builders that we regularly yep. do work with, yep. but clients come with builders a, a lot, lot of the time yeah, okay. as well. Um, and we're at a good point at the moment too, where builders will come to us oh, and say, nice. "Hey, yeah, they're a partnership the yeah, other way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a client. Mm. Do you think you could work with mm. this client? Mm. And they'll know you that yeah. you'll probably be able to wrangle them. I oh, suspect. this is so funny. I had I had a builder call me after a first meeting with the client on, yeah. on site. Yeah. And he said, I oh, just, the way you handled that client. Yep. Like, it was all their ideas, but really, really it was yours. Really, it was all yours. That's yeah. the art, my friend. And you can't <laughs> teach that. Well, you can, but you have to watch it first. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know I was doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's the magic. I, I don't do that with my clients, do I? No. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing how many things we have in common, like the co-collaboration, but getting the really strong brief. It's like I'd call it the rules of the game if we don't know what game we're playing and, and having all of that really clear yeah. um, before we start. You yeah. don't want to be redefining that as you go. Yeah, absolutely. So, like with the work you do, do, mm. do you find I that... Love, yes, to go on. Oh, do you me. mind? No, I love that switch. <laughs> Whose bloody podcast oh, is this, Rebecca? <laughs> Go on, ask your question. Oh, well, just kind of, I, I like to, practising architecture can be really vacuous mm-hmm. and, and it's really, that's why I love doing a whole heap of stuff outside of my mm. office because otherwise... You don't get oh, to meet other people. That's right. And mm. and so understanding how the principles kind of work mm. in other professions. But, mm. like, how much red tape do you have to work with? It... <laughs> Well, it all depends on the client. Okay. So I, what I do, what, what do I do? So I, I've well, Ahoy Hoy has just launched, um, and and our whole mission now is to uh, make. We're just absolutely compelled to change the way that leadership is happening in across Australia because mm. there's just a lot of psychological trauma. Sure. Um, there's a lot of leaders who have been thrown into leadership positions who have never done it before, and I don't know why we expect them to be good at something that they've not been trained or prepared for how to do it. Yep. No one's got time to mentor uh, or actually lead the leaders anymore. Uh, and so that's one. That's my passion, is to help organisations understand why are they doing the things that they're doing, yes. how are they doing them, and what are they doing. Yeah. So I can I can work with a client right from what's your why, your purpose, your vision, then what goals do you need to meet those. That drips into the strategy. But we start to think of strategy more as a, hypothes- a hypothesis. Yes. So rather than a fixed plan. Because as soon as you get yourself locked into a strategy and then you can't pivot or move, you can run into trouble when conditions change. I suspect there's very similar things happen on a build yes, or in architecture mm. when you actually take the roof off and discover, you know, 
something horrid is up there. Like, you just don't know. So you, it's, it's a best guess with the information you know at the time. Mm. And then you need to set people to work and you need to make sure they understand why they're doing the things that they're doing and there's an operating model in place that makes sure that that all goes smoothly. And I've got a really big digital and technical background, so we make sure all the systems and processes and people all line up to reach your strategy. Um, but the last five years, I've been really working to understand design thinking, mm. so um, which is all human-centered design, how to get innovation happening through those practices. So how do we make sure whatever the product or the service is, is viable, feasible, and desirable? And I suspect all of those things is what you do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. In, a, in a business sense. So I could take your... Um, uh, your work in your practice and I could do a full review top to toe and to see how the culture, the um, strategy and all the things are lining up and if your performance is actually meeting that. So I'm, I'm basically like a performance coach for businesses. Yeah. This is something that architects are terrible at. Mm. And Oh, great. Because Call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll specialise in helping architects. That would be amazing. But this is the great thing is that we're just trying to decide who to help at the moment. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, well, architects. Yeah, come in, yeah. come in. And I think associations as well um, we'd like to speak to because membership-based yes. are struggling yes. to, to innovate and modernise and make their propositions valuable. I don't know what the architecture um, association's like, but... Yeah. We've got um we there are a few mm. um and I am a director of one of them. Oh, of course you are. Archie team. Archie team. Yeah. That's awesome. We're a not for profit mm. and uh I'm finance director. That's awesome. And sponsorship and partnership. Oh, there you go. Um and I have absolutely no training in any of those no, areas. Right. Yes. Uh, so I am getting training, yeah, which is cool. really terrific. And, yeah. and I think um, – and, and the interesting thing is it's kind of actually what I teach at uni yeah. is <laughs> the business side of yeah. architecture. Yeah. But I have no formal training. But, but you, I've got on-the-job training. You've got experience, right? Yeah. And you have yeah. a successful practice. And I think sometimes yeah. that's – even. I mean, I, you know, you can – I talk about my team as being um, tour guides, not travel agents, because we've all done it. Mm. And you can, um, we've all led big teams and small teams. And you asked me about red tape. So when when we're dealing with the enterprises like the big banks and the insurances and the telcos, there's definitely a lot more stakeholder management and and legacy things that you have to drive through in order to get meaningful change. Yeah. Where we where I often find most success is when I've got a really onto it um, client who gets uh, you know the vision of what we're trying to do and we work together in a partnership. So it's that co collaboration. They understand what we're really good at. We're here to you know support them and it's it's a partnership, not a master servant. That's where it it goes askew. And yeah. I suspect it's the same. It is actually, and yeah. I I'm emotionally feeling yeah. the two ends of that spectrum yeah. where you where you nail it yeah. and you're getting through yeah. and well you're in flow then because yeah. you're, right, you're not worrying about um the stress of dealing with a client who doesn't get it or is trying to micromanage you or any of those things which just oh. does not lead well to sharing of ideas and accessibility of things um there's a lot of trust that that we need to build to do the work that we do so our, our sales cycles can take some time because they have to understand who we are and what we do, and because we're a new practice, it's just going to take it, you know, time to build up that reputation. But yeah, it's exciting. Mm. I sometimes want, like, the, one of the things, and I don't know if you had an intention to talk about this today, but that being a woman, mm. um, 
Oh, yes, I am one of those. Well spotted. (laughs) I sometimes, um, there have been a couple of comments that I try not to take personally, Mm. but they've just stuck with me and I I guess they're just in the back of my mind and they probably do shape the way that I practice a little Mm. bit. But things like when I was practicing with a a male partner, Mm, mm. um, well, Bruce will look after all of the kind of structural and technical aspects and and Rebecca will make the kitchen beautiful. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I used to get. I used to walk into meetings and d- d- guys would say, oh, are you here to take the minutes? Oh, I'd be no. Like, no, I'm here to take names. What's yours? No. Uh, yeah, like, uh, so that's that. Yeah, yeah. Like, people assume that I don't have technical depth and I actually yeah. have a shit ton because I actually did, like, proper technical consulting. Um, yeah. But because I've been looking at design um, yeah. and, then, and then I'll say something like, oh, you understand about APIs? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, we've just grown up with that kind of stuff and you just water off the duck's back a bit and keep going. Yeah, you do, you do. Yeah. It it, it does stick with me and there are times, I think, like it goes away and then something will happen and there has been something this week where I've gone, oh gosh, I don't know. What is my client's like trust meter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are they sitting at the moment? Yeah. From one to ten. Yeah. And I would say they're wavering around the six. Yeah, right. And I really need them to listen to me. Yeah. Because everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. everything really is okay. Yeah. And um, they have to trust me that this product is yeah. like this highly customized yeah. product yeah. just for them. Mm. And they see it and it's like, but it doesn't look like all of the things that we've seen on Pinterest. Oh, yep. So their expectations aren't, yeah. They're, they're, they're scared to take the chance. Yeah. Yep. To do something a yep. little bit to different, get brave. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've got fear, correct? Yeah. And they yeah. and, and they're categorizing our work. Mm. So their style, they're they're, they're picking a style, mm. and I'm like, this is this is actually styleless. Mm. This is your style. Mm. This has been something that I've created for, for you. you. A unique you've piece. Got, you've got yeah. to just trust. So, d- did you feel that when you assessed them from the start that they would be comfortable having things customized to that extent? I probably. Um, uh, I probably felt maybe a little bit overconfident yeah. with my ability to. It, this is a really. This is what we've been struggling with yeah. this week too at a hoi hoi. We're thinking because we talk about as a team, how do we stretch people but not break them? Yeah. So we we have to assess their maturity and their level of how much they can cope with, which yeah. sounds condescending, but it's really not because yeah. if you throw um, ideas and concepts and models and methodologies that aren't are gonna break them and rather than stretch them they'll get overwhelmed and the, the crocodile brain will kick in and they'll run so it's this understanding humans um, psychology around how they respond to fear that's helped me a lot oh my goodness mm. mate see i do these things and i don't I, you, it's I, all, you're doing am i it too tired field. to break it down I, I i don't know what it is no, no, but no, you've, you've busy yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am busy. Stuff going on, I know, yeah. but I, I, I really feel like I need to take some time off and, and do some post evaluation. So in um, the tech world, we when you're doing agile um, development, I love this practice is that um, at the end of a sprint. So when we're building code and, do, and de- delivering a feature to a client, at the end we'll do a retrospective, and we'll look at what went well, what didn't, and what was confusing. Mm. Or three different categories. Some people do what went well. Um, what didn't and um, uh, what was frustrating. Mm. Uh, and then you pick the things that you're going to start, stop, continue and what we need to then prioritise and fix because you can't 
look at everything all the time, but continuous improvement is super important in any process or way of working. Um, but giving yourself and the team time to reflect, that's massively important. But when you're, you know, just so busy, it, it's hard to work that into the practice. Yeah, yeah. It, it is totally yeah. under the pump. We went. Yeah. We, I went to a conference um, in May, Nunbay, Aki team. Yeah, Aki team. team. Love it. Um, and it was making a living. And mm. we had a lot of guests. That was the, the topic, mm. uh, making a living. And we had guests from architectural backgrounds, mm. but also from non-architectural mm. backgrounds. And I really latched on to the non-architecturals because yeah. they were talking in a language that did, just broke down my day-to-day into something that felt like yeah. I, could, I could use. Yeah, cool. Like it was, I, I yeah. could use that information. Yeah. And I spent my um, the Queen's birthday long weekend mm. going through every fee proposal that I have written wow. over a five-year period yeah. and um, what our, where the lead came from. Yeah. What our success data, rate was? Baby. Oh, yeah. data! You're and you know what? Data, yeah. I've been, I've been living on the vibe. Yeah, you're, well, I so had. You're, you're, you're into a qualitative, so you're yeah. into the conversations, you're into the fields, and the quant is just as important. Which is what's so. There's lots of things like what gets measured gets done. What you, what are you looking at every week to guide your decision making? Yeah, yeah. I was so wrong. Right. My vibe. Ooh. Don't trust your vibe. <laughs> Not. This is the hard thing, though. When do you trust your gut versus when do you need? to live in the real world a bit more. And, I, and I'm like, is this fear troubling me or is this my instinct telling me to go? You know, it's really, it's hard. Yeah. 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 So it is survival well, as yes. well. Like I'm just trying to prop, survive prop each brain. day. I used to say it's like trying to keep your nose above the lake. Yeah. So that you can still breathe, but you know you're nearly drowning. <laughs> you just keep that nose above the lake. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing uh, with running your own shop. As people often say to me, um, senior practitioners go, I think I'm just going to go out on my own. I'm like, well, that's amazing. Mm. But are you comfortable cleaning a toilet? Mm. That is actually what I do. I clean a yeah. toilet. Yeah. yeah. So if you think it's all flash offices and whatever, I mean, these days you could actually rent space. But my point is you have to do everything. Yeah. Like everything. Everything. If and you come yeah. from corporate, that people have no sense of what that actually means because they never have to worry about paying the electricity bill or yeah. that there's... The comprehension of what running a small business versus actually being part of a corporate is, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, it is fear, the fear Mm. I have Mm. for someone to come into this without Mm. any concept of how you might run a a business is just overwhelming. I keep saying to people, if you really want to do that, awesome, spend a year working in a small business and get a feel for what it's like to have to deal with payroll and, yeah. and run a BAS, do the BAS and do yeah. um, uh, all the th- all the compliance stuff you need to do about having a team and um, billing and when what happens when, and cash flow, like what happens when they don't pay when they say they're going to and you still need to pay your team. Like those are the real pressures of running a small business. It, well, now I've got proper salaries. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got proper <laughs> real Grown salaries. salaries yeah. And I go into the office and I oh, have... Yeah. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Yes, yes, yeah, just a second. And I, I like I, I make a joke. You'll have to put it in my calendar, mm. right? Mm. Because I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I haven't done any invoicing. Mm. How am I going to pay mm. everyone mm. if I haven't done any mm. invoicing? And my latest finance training taught me that apparently I need 12 weeks worth of cash yeah. in the account mm. to pay debtors and all mm. the rest of it mm. if things go mm. Mm. I actually say that everyone should have that in their back pocket. Yeah. To, to give you freedom of choice. I have that in my back pocket, mm. but I want to put that into buying a house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 
some I need to yeah. I want the business to be held accountable for itself. Yeah. I don't want me to, to put to my own funds up. into it yeah. to prop it. And mm. yeah, it's uh I'm probably not quite at twelve weeks worth. Hmm. And I But most organizations don't like it especially how many years have you been in practice? Uh two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, that's seven years. Yeah, you've been doing this for It'll seven, be seven years. years on the first of September. Congratulations! Thank you very much. You're now, you're just getting into the near the the point where you have to think about growth. Yeah. Scale. What mm. does that look like? Are you happy with the? You know, well, these are the things we talk about. It's mm. like, when's the right time to start to scale to mature? Mm. What's the exit look like? You know, but yeah, the, you still have to look after your clients and your people. Clients and the people. They yeah. don't stop. Humans don't stop. No, yeah. no. People managing is actually yeah. probably the 90% mm. and the 10% is... Humans, humans, humans. The design part. Yeah. But I'm still managing humans in that point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So people's... And that's why I think uh, people who are really successful in retail and pulling drinks and all those sorts of connecting with the public stuff do very well with their own businesses because you can... It's people, people, people. Yeah. And it's understanding that... I've got you, I'm looking after you, your experience is important to me and yeah. that innate sense of wanting to deliver and over-deliver and, you know, really perform just I, puts you ahead of everyone else. I have to, I have to say that I am, um, I've had a few really tricky staff mm. situations to deal with yeah. um, as we have grown into our huge team of five. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but when you, even when you're smaller, that jerk or that person or the one who's causing a bit of trouble can have a massive impact on everything it, it did, and your yeah. headspace. Yeah, absolutely. So suddenly you're spending time trying to figure out how to navigate this challenge instead of applying it to the craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, you, DP? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that. That is what I'm dealing yeah. with now. Yeah. Is a, a very sore neck. Yeah. From all of this carrying the tension. tension. It's the weight of my business. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It's because we've got shoulder pads yeah. on today. Have you? Yeah. I you had lovely shoulders like mine. <laughs> I don't, I've never needed them because they're quite bored. Do you know that we've been talking for an hour? And I've been told my casts are too long. Okay. <laughs> but that's mostly men. And I'm like, well, actually, I do mostly this because <laughs> I enjoy chatting to the woman. But, um, yeah, I've only ever had feedback from guys that they're too long. I'm like, well, just stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> but what um, – I just feel like uh, – I want to ask you some really, you know, a really good end question. Hmm. Get, da- get getting dirty, getting into it. Something that okay, okay, no, all right. So we've talked about lots of the things and gone into so, so the people stuff, and I'm actually happy off air to talk to you about some of that stuff. I can help. I can help. I can help. Um, Please. But how? Do you have some sort of mantras or things that you remind yourself each day or on how you juggle? Because the juggle is real. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there things that you – so you actually were talking to me about it before we started, which was around your exercise and all of those sorts of things. So yeah. 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 How so do you stay alive, Rebecca? Um, how do you how do I cope? <laughs> uh, I – Remind myself that I'm actually one of the most fortunate people. Mm. I'm incredibly lucky. Mm. I don't get a lot of parking tickets. Oh, my God. Yes, we talked about, for those of you who weren't in the room, which was none of you, uh, that we follow the rules, Rebecca and I, around parking. And yes. the minute that I don't, I get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we, we are 
we are absolutely – I always say that, that our children are just have won the lottery. Oh, look, I couldn't – they don't realise it. No. They're always complaining. But we are so lucky. And, and I, I just think that, yeah, I've just been – I have been so lucky in life mm. and I'm healthy. Mm. Yeah, okay, my neck's a bit sore, yeah. but right. <laughs> but you we, know, we have our health. We do have a health yeah. and um, and looking after your health is so important. Mm. So looking after this body of mine, okay, have a glass of wine mm. and everything. But that's part of my ritual of looking after myself mm. because there isn't a lot of me time. No. I would like more me time mm. and that is why I'm wanting to move mm. because I want more me time. But if I – one. I do. Rem- it comes from my mum, and it used to just drive me crazy. She says, "Well, at least you've got your health." <laughs> oh my god! Come Don't on, complain. Mom. At least you've got your health. Yeah. I I am healthy. I've got a great team. Mm. I actually think I'm a nice person, mm. and and I remind myself I'm a, I'm trying as hard as I can, mm. and I am a nice person, mm. and I have everyone else's interests at heart. I mm. want the best outcome for everyone, mm. and I have to slide through the shit sometimes. Mm. And at the moment, I've. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. And so my my greatest mantra is look after yourself. So I do go to the gym. Mm. But I go to the gym so that I can just offload. Yeah. Like it's – Yeah. My – the guys that I've – Because you go to a boxing style type. I do. Yeah. And and I was really scared about joining. I I thought, oh, my God, they're going to be all professional Mm. fighters. And they're not. So my, my darling friend Hannah, who um, I interviewed on the first podcast, she does jujitsu, and oh. she was really concerned, and she runs her own business as well, um, and she was really nervous about it, and then just loves it, loves yeah. the group, loves that it's got nothing to do with anything else, can, can pound out all the tension, all the stress, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the guys now, they mm. just know. You know, I had really nice feedback actually from one of them. She said, you know, every time you come, after you leave, I go and do something for me. Like I'm really motivated. Mm. And I'm like, right, this is – that is what I want to mm. encourage share. Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think um, as leaders, we need to show our teams how to do it as well. Yeah. So I know that if I'm – working till midnight every night that they think there might be an expectation about having to do the same. So yeah. we set, you know, and, and it's something I say to people all the time, even if you've got a tiny team, eyes are on you all the time. They're watching to see what mood you're in, you know, they're looking for signs of stress or, you know, like it's, it's you're on, you're on stage. I have, uh, my team are wonderful and yeah. uh, and yesterday they knew that I was under a fair bit of pressure and so I put myself in the meeting room to mm. do some design work and there's a knock, knock on the door. Oh, can I uh, top up your water? Ah. Can I, anything I can get for you? Would you like one of those beautiful vegan oh. Snickers bars from Fraser's? Well, uh, this is a first. Somehow I have managed to delete the end of our podcast. Uh, I, I have no idea how that happened, but what I can tell you is this. The perfectionist in me is dying. <laughs> the realist in me um, is going to publish anyway because you got an hour's worth. Um, the last little bit was just giving a massive shout out to Fraser and the team at um, Field Black uh, in, in High Street in Northcote saying how amazing their food is and thanking him for introducing us and that he introduced Rebecca as the architect 
to the stars and that is what she is I'm so sorry I missed the end of our conversation but you know what shit happens I think we should carry on um you made it to the end anyway and I thank you for that Rebecca thank you so much for joining me and it was such a fun fun conversation I've been cracking up all afternoon and re-listening to it again uh next time we'll do it with wine and um thank you for sticking with it right to the end you guys are legends uh, and I look forward to doing the next one Bye.